You are listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, a podcast for survivors of suicide loss. In this weekly podcast, you will learn more about your unique experiences and gain insights on your brain and how it processes grief and loss due to a loved one's suicide. While suicide grief comes in all shapes and sizes, Amy shows you that you still can have a life full of joy and fulfillment even though your loved one died. You don't have to just survive anymore. You can thrive. You are listening to the Survive to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, episode 20, Worry. Hey there, how are you? So glad to be here with you today. I am recording my 20th episode. So excited. I feel so thankful that I have this platform to share these tools with you and to talk about all of these unique things that come up for survivors of suicide loss. There are so many different unique topics that come up with this and there are just issues that come up and things that we think about that come up, emotions that we're dealing with, grief topics that come up. And it's just nice to be able to discuss it and share it with you all and just have this platform to spread it across the world. It's just amazing. There's people that are listening all over the world in Europe and in Brazil Canada, different areas that I just think it's just amazing that we get to spread our knowledge and information and share it with one another. So I'm just feeling so thankful about that. So today I want to talk about the topic of worry. And I've been thinking about survivors and suicide loss and how worry comes up a lot for them. And with good reason, right? You've gone through this very traumatic event. You've dealt with a lot of grief, a lot of pain, a lot of emotions that are uncomfortable and feelings that most people would try to avoid to experience, right? And because of that, we have a fear of experiencing this same thing again, right? We worry that we're going to lose someone else that we care about and loved in this same way. And what I want to say about that is that that is a completely normal thing that comes up for the majority of survivors. So if you're going through this right now and you're experiencing it, I just want to say it's completely normal and that this is not a, a unique thing that is happening just to you. It happens to most of us. Okay. So just understand that and know that. But what I also find with a lot of survivors of suicide loss, they find themselves worrying about things in life in general. And a lot of this worry can turn into anxiousness and anxiety. And what I want to also say about that is that is also a normal way that a lot of survivors will process their loss. They will go into the emotion of worry and they will, and it will grow into anxiousness and anxiety. So I want to say that that's also a normal grief response that survivors will most likely experience in one point or another along their journey after losing someone they care about to suicide. Okay. So I want to talk about this a little bit deeper. 
I know after I had lost my sister that I found myself worrying a lot more about losing someone else that I cared about, especially those that were in my immediate family. I really was concerned about losing my spouse or losing my children. For example, my husband would sometimes come home late. So he is an eye doctor and he works in the prison system. And because he works in the prison system as a physician there, there's no reception in there. There's no cell phone usage. So I'm unable to contact him or connect with him. He just leaves his phone generally in the car. So I can't reach him. So if he's spending an unusual amount of time there, I'm unable to reach him. I can, I would find my brain go into worry, wondering why it's taking him so long. Sometimes his phone would die and I wouldn't be able to connect with him because his phone was dead. And if he wasn't coming home when I would normally expect him, I would find my brain go into like the worst case scenario. And it's really interesting how my brain would do that and think the worst, right? And I would feel very, very worried that something terrible has happened to my husband. And that was the reason he was not coming home. I also did this with my kids, right? I'd go to their school pickup and they'd have a drive line where we would drive up to pick up our kids and they have it a system. So they would bring our kids out to our vehicles when your number would come up. So I would have a number attached to my van and I would drive up to the school and they would call my kids by their number. But sometimes it would take additional minutes for my children to come out. And I would find myself going into worry, wondering why they haven't come out. And there were a few times and a few incidences where my children took an excessive amount of time to come out. And the worry would grow and grow to the point where I was going into worst case scenario that somebody else took them that shouldn't have, that they were kidnapped and that they were in serious danger. And it's just one of those things I found myself and my brain doing. And it was just incredibly challenging for my brain not to go there. And what I want to say about that is that my brain would say to myself that it was super irrational, that I was thinking all of these worst case scenario thoughts, but my brain was also telling me that I had something happen that was serious to my loved one. And so it was in a way proving to my irrational thoughts that those thoughts were more rational because I have something in my past experience that proves that something traumatic such as a loved one dying does happen. Okay. And so your brain is in constant conflict with itself when it comes to worry. Okay. And what I also want to say about this is that this emotion of worry and thinking all of these things that I just shared with you and the examples that I shared with you 
are pretty average and normal across the board amongst survivors of suicide loss. Most of them feel it and most survivors experience it. Um, so today I really want to break down worry and talk about what causes it and why we do it. And then finally what we can do about it. Okay. So let's first talk about what causes worry. Okay. So to put it in simple terms, worry is an emotion, right? I know we've talked about this before in previous podcasts. And for those of you who are getting coached, have heard me talk about this, but worry is just an emotion that we feel. It's vibrations in our bodies. It's something that we're experiencing in our brains. Okay. And as we feel the emotion of worry, we are feeling a consequence of what we are thinking. Okay. So let me give you an example. Let's talk about my husband, for example. If he comes home late from work, I might be thinking one of two thoughts, okay? I might be thinking my husband is late from work. He may have been in a car accident, okay? When I'm thinking this thought, this emotion of concern, this emotion of worry starts to build up inside of me because I'm thinking he could have been in a car accident and that's why he is late and he might be really injured or he even might have died. Okay. I will be thinking these thoughts that will create and generate the emotion of worry. Okay. Now I could also think a completely different thought about the same scenario. Okay. The same scenario that my husband is late from work. Okay. I could think instead that my husband is late from work. He must be stuck in traffic. Okay. Now, if I'm thinking that thought instead, if I'm thinking my husband is late from work, he must be stuck in traffic. I'm going to be thinking or feeling different feelings. Okay. Something different than worry. I'll be feeling things like, oh, that's annoying. Or I might be feeling like, oh, that's too bad. I might be feeling empathy for my husband that he's stuck in traffic. I'll be thinking something different than the feeling of worry. You see? So it's the same situation, the same scenario, but I am choosing a different thought to think about it, right? Isn't it just so cool that no matter the situation and no matter the scenario, we can choose to think a thought about it and it's going to create the emotion. I think it's just amazing to know this because I feel like so many of us operate in thinking that we are victims of our situation. We are victims of our scenarios, right? And that all of our emotions are coming from those scenarios. But the truth is they're not coming from the scenario or the circumstance itself. It's coming from the way we are thinking about it. And it's such great news because we ultimately have the choice on how we want to think about it, right? And how do I know this? It's because 
people make different choices about the same circumstance and the same situation in the way they think about it, right? Just like in that scenario that I just gave you as an example, you could have chosen the thought that your husband was in a traffic accident, or you could choose a thought that they're stuck in traffic. You're going to have two totally different emotions depending on which thought you choose. Okay. All right. So the second thing I want to talk about is why we do it, right? Why do we worry? Why do most of us experience it? And why do we choose thoughts that cause us to worry? Okay. Well, the reason is because worry really comes from past experiences, right? It comes from what has happened in the past. It comes from stories we've heard and also stories that we create. Okay. Worry comes from learned behavior, right? It's taught to us. It's taught that worrying is just something that adults are supposed to do, right? We're taught, we're supposed to worry about things. We're supposed to worry about our children. We're supposed to worry about our jobs. We're supposed to worry about who's running the country, right? We're supposed to worry about everything. So we do, right? We're being taught that. We're being taught that it's useful to worry. But the truth is we aren't supposed to, okay? It's not something we're supposed to do. Now, as a side note, you can choose to worry about your kids, your job, or your country, but it's just not something you're supposed to do, okay? It's not something that we have to do. It's not something that is automatically done, okay? It is something that we are choosing to do based on the thoughts that we are thinking, okay? So we are choosing to feel worried, okay? And when we feel the emotion of worry and the reason why we choose to feel worried is because we feel like we're supposed to and we also feel like it feels useful, right? Have you ever really worried about somebody because you feel like, oh, it's useful? I know my parents would say to me, I just worry about you. I really worry about you. And for her, for my mother, when she would say those type of words, I know that she was feeling like that her choosing to worry about me was useful and that it was expressing that she cared about me when she worried. Okay. So lastly, I really just want to talk about what we can do about worry and what can be done about worry is just to understand the truth, right? To understand where worry comes from, to understand what causes it, and to understand that ultimately we have the choice on how to think about every situation in our life. And if we don't like feeling worried, and if we don't want to have 
worry or we want to have less of it, then we have to conscientiously choose to think differently about situations and scenarios. And what I find to be super useful with worry in particular is to, instead of worrying about all of these worst case scenarios with the people that we care about and that we love about, that we can think more about the futures you're going to spend with these loved ones, right? You can think about things that you're going to do with your spouse in the future. Maybe it's an anniversary trip or maybe it's a vacation or maybe it's a career, right? Or just even a date night to really shift your thinking about all of the things you're going to do in the future together instead of spending so much time worrying about losing them, right? Which happens a lot for us survivors, right? Is worrying about losing loved ones. Or you can also make plans for your children. Think more about what they have in store for them, what careers they're going to do, what colleges they might go to, family trips that you can have together, right? When you start thinking more about the future you're going to create with the people that you care about, you're going to start thinking less about losing them because you have more of a picture in your mind what your future looks together. And you'll be thinking more about that. And I promise you that when you do this, it's really helpful and useful in helping to let go of the worry of losing someone that you care about by suicide. Okay. The other thing I want to say about this is that, um, when you understand that these thoughts and these feelings are so connected with each other and that you ultimately get to choose how you think about it is really going to be super useful for you so that when you start to go into the emotion of worry, then you can ask yourself why, right? You can really look at that for a minute and just figure out why it is, um, why it is you're feeling worried. And when you come up with your answer and you like your answer, then okay, go ahead, experience the emotion of worry. But if you don't like your answer, okay, then I want you to consider being curious about why your brain goes there and process that. And also to make a conscious just choice to decide to think a little bit differently about it. Because I promise you that once you get really good at that, and once you start doing it more frequently, you're going to find yourself being less worried and more excited and you will really look more forward to your futures with the people that you care about the most. Okay, well, that's it, my friends. I hope this was useful for you. And hopefully this will help you to stop worrying and get more excited about your relationships and your friendships and spend more time with them. I'm telling you, like worrying is not going to help anything. It's unuseful. It's not productive right? In fact, it just makes things worse. So how about you just think about caring about your people more and spending more time with them and not waste so much time in the emotion of worry. All right, friends, that's it. 
Have a great day. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on iTunes. Also, check out survived-to-thrive.com for more information and to subscribe to get the podcast's latest episode, along with useful tips you can begin to use immediately to feel better, directly sent to your inbox.